afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, good afternoon, and welcome back. Welcome back to another Porsche Cooled podcast. Today we have another special episode, another one of our uh, Porsche Cooled owner stories. And today I have a special guest coming from uh, Sydney, coming from Sydney, Australia, my hometown. Um, Justin's going to be with us shortly through Zoom. And as I always say at the start of these podcasts, uh, if it's on Zoom, the quality is not going to be perfect, but it's going to be as good as I can get it, uh, and I've set it up that way, so we, we get the best quality out of Zoom. But it is a Zoom recording, so you will probably notice that it's distant. It's a long way away from Bahrain, where I'm located at the moment, to Australia. Uh, but anyway, this is a Porsche Cooled Owner Stories, and the Porsche Cooled Owner Stories is where I get people to come on the podcast and literally share their Porsche story. And I think that's what makes... Um, what makes Porsche Cool Stories interesting because it broadens the conversation. It makes the conversation a lot more than what Steve and I usually chat about on our Friday episode. Uh, we get a different perspective. Um, we get a different perspective from different owners and we get to talk to people about their different Porsches, uh, whether it be a 911. Like I said, you don't have to have a 911. You could own a 944. You could own a 928. You can own a Boxster. You can own a Cayman. Uh, it's just about Porsche ownership and it's about sharing your story. So um, all our listeners who are, who are avid Porsche enthusiast owners or people wanting to buy a Porsche uh, can, um, can share the passion, I guess. It's all about the community. That's what we're about here at Porsche School. It's all about the Porsche community and um, connecting with other owners and chatting with other owners. Um, like I said, this is our Tuesday episode. Uh, and our usual episode is on Fridays with Steve at GT Steve on Instagram. And uh, I'd like to thank everyone so far for all their support on the podcast. I say this every episode, but I really do feel quite humbled with the amount of downloads we've been getting, uh, the amount of messages I've been receiving. Um, it's been great, and the podcast has been very well received. And I really appreciate I really appreciate all the support. So thank you for that. <clears throat> if you want to. Um, if you want to support Porsche Cooled, you can also become a Porsche Cooled exclusive member. Uh, Justin, who I'm talking to today, is one of those members. He's, I think, the second member to sign up. And for $5 US a month, you get like 24 hours early access to all our episodes. You get special posts just for members. Uh, you get a shout out on the episode, uh, on the next podcast episode with Steve and I. And you get, uh, we're going to be doing some live Q&A, live streaming uh, uh, videos as well. They'll come a little bit later, uh, the live Q&As. They'll come when we have maybe 50 members. I've only got four at the moment, so please sign up if you haven't already. But when we get about 50 members, maybe 30 to 50 members, I'll start doing those live Q&As, which, which will be great fun. Anyway, enough of me talking. I'm going to get Zoom uh, hooked up here, and I'm going to contact Justin uh, in Sydney, Australia. It's uh, Sunday night there. It's Sunday afternoon here in Bahrain. And we'll talk about his story and about his uh, newly acquired Porsche 911. So just give me one second and we'll get Justin on the line. Okay, welcome back everyone. Welcome back to the Porsche Cooled podcast and welcome back to Porsche Cooled Owner Stories. So this is episode four uh, and today we have uh, Justin. Justin comes from Sydney where everyone knows I come from as well. And Justin just recently bought a 911. Hi, Justin. Hey, good evening, Michael. How are you? Yeah, doing very well. Uh, you know, thank you for having me on today. I listen to all your podcasts and watch your YouTube vids, so I'm absolutely thrilled to be uh, featured in the owners' uh, stories today. No, oh, I'm glad. I'm glad to have you on. And I mentioned to people before that you're one of the uh, four. I think we have now four members of uh, Porsche Cooled on Patreon. So thank you for that. Thank you for joining. It's um, all the support helps us on uh, on keeping this going. 
Yeah, not a problem. Uh, look, I mean, uh, once I had purchased my Porsche uh, and I was doing a bit of research, I came across your YouTube channel and started listening to it and, you know, really, um, you know, started listening to the uh, podcast. And, you know, I think it's great what you're doing. Uh, you know, I feel like there's, uh, you know, a connection that you have with, uh, with your listeners. And, uh, you know, I know that you're podcast or your, even your YouTube channel is uh, on the smaller side. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm very happy to, to support uh, a, a good cause there. Great. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah, no, I've, I've been doing the YouTube for a while, but it's uh, like, you know, I haven't been making a lot of videos um, lately. I did actually make a video in Bahrain yesterday, which is going to go live at, uh, in a couple of hours time. So that's a slightly different one. I'm actually driving a Mercedes Benz uh, four wheel drive in that one, not a 911. So We'll see how that goes across. <laughs> we'll see how that goes across with the the Porsche family that 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 follow me. Um, but I, I'm interested in talking to you about today, and uh, I know I've I've looked at your you know we've spoken on Instagram, and I've looked at your Instagram, and I, I know you're a big watch fan like me, and I want to touch on that at the end of this podcast. Um, but more importantly, I'd like to know about your 911. Uh, this is all about you know 911 ownership, and I guess for you. Uh, have you always been a Porsche person? Have you always, uh, do you have those memories of, of seeing your first Porsche, of seeing it in a magazine? Have you always wanted one or is it just something that came, came around recently? Yeah, no, I mean, I definitely say I've always wanted one. I mean, I can't pinpoint exactly when the obsession started, but it was definitely when I was very young. And uh, it only grew from there. So, you know, first off, one of my, uh, my well, my best friend who I've known since uh, I was nine years old and, you know, still friends with today is German. And uh, his father worked for Volkswagen. So he was constantly talking about Porsche and, you know, how Porsche is the best. And, you know, that was in the, uh, that, that was in the 80s so um you know and, and you know growing growing up uh, so i mean i was born in 76 so uh you know i'm about to turn 44 here but uh you know back in the 80s growing up it was very rare to see you know ferrari or lamborghini driving the streets uh the only time i saw those cars were you know most likely at car shows yeah. um but i remember seeing you know like 924s 944s 928s driving around but the ultimate was when you'd see a 911 my my first memory is the ones is the ones with the wing. You know what I mean? <clears throat> the eighties, the late eighties, nine elevens with the with the wing. And I always, I mean, I used to watch cars go by when I used to live in the country and and things like that. And I used to see them, and and it was like, wow, that's just an amazing looking car. You know what I mean? It was an amazing looking car at the time. Yeah. Well, I remember just being mesmerized by nine elevens, knowing that those were the best of the Porsches to, you know, to own. And also every time I saw a nine eleven, it was unmistakable that it was a nine eleven because of the beautiful shape and design. Um, you know, I also think uh, the media also shaped my desires, you know, uh, watching a lot of TV and movies growing up. I remember, you know, James Dean, the actor, you know, the actor being this, uh, you know, ultra cool guy with a, you know, cigarette hanging out of his mouth who died yeah. in his, you know, Porsche 550 Spider. Yeah, true, and, true. Uh, <laughs> and I, I'm not sure if you remember, but uh, so I, I remember in high school, um, I, I don't know if you had this show, Beverly Hills 90210. Yes, in, yes, uh, we did. In, in a, yeah, so, so you, you, you obviously remember uh, Dylan McKay driving yes. around in his uh, black Porsche 356 convertibles. Uh, that's true, actually. I forgot know? about that one. I forgot about that one. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, well, you know, look, I mean, I thought he was, you know, just so cool. He was the heartthrob of the show. He was also a bit of a bad boy, you know, who got all the girls. And, you know, he had this amazing Porsche convertible. So, you know, it's definitely the media that, uh, you know, starts to, you know, even, um, you know, play on that, play on you uh, as, as you grow up. And, uh, and I also remember just, you know, the movies that you watched back then. So in the eighties, uh, you know, you probably remember risky business with Tom Cruise, yeah, uh, yeah. there was a, uh, a Porsche 928 in that movie. Yeah. Um, you know, the, uh, sort of the, the high school movies, 16 candles, which came out in 84, I believe, yeah. uh, that had a beautiful red 944. And then uh, a movie that I watched multiple times, Can't Buy Me Love. I think that came out in 87 and that yeah. had a, uh, a white 911 Carrera Targa. Um, and uh, I think that was that's one of the one of the uh, Porsches that definitely, you know, stuck in my head there. Yeah, it was it was either Porsche or Ferrari, wasn't it? It was like you either went either way. Either way, you either like both of them. It was always like the movies had the, either had the Ferrari in there or they had the Porsche in there. Uh, and it kind of sort of. You know, people always say about the poster on the wall, yeah. you know, people say they want to drive every, all those cars, they had their poster on the wall. I was listening to Spike's Car Radio and it had those guys from the car guys in the UK and he said he just wants to drive all those cars that he used to have in, on his wall, being the 959, the 917, you know, the the F40 and those sort of cars. Uh, and I think that's what sort of, it, it, embeds, it, it, it embeds itself in your memory about, you know, what you really want to do. Um, so when you, so you haven't owned a 911 before, have you? No, I haven't owned a 911 before, and I've never owned a, a sports car, actually. So, um, you know, I think the most fun car, uh, I, I guess that, uh, you know, you could call it, uh, that I had uh, was probably in my 20s. Um, I had an Acura 3.2 TL. So, okay. I mean, I know they don't have Acuras here in, uh, in Australia, but I, but I, I, and, uh, I mean, I've never seen that model car here. Um, I mean, I don't know if there was ever a Honda 3.2 TL, but um, I, I mean, in, so. in, yeah. in uh, Canada, yeah, in Canada, there, there are the, um, the, uh, they were the Acura 3.2 TLs, not, uh, not Hondas. Um, and sorry, uh, Justin, that's where you're, f that's where you're originally from. You're from Canada. Yep. So when did you move to Australia? Yeah. So I, yeah. So I mean, you could probably tell that I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not originally from, uh, from Australia from the accent, but, uh, yeah. So born and raised in Toronto, Canada and, uh, moved to Sydney 10 years ago. So, uh, I'm, I'm married now and, uh, my wife, uh, I actually met her in Toronto and, uh, you know, we, we, you know, started dating, uh, when we we're in, uh, in, in Canada there, ended up getting married, um, had kids, uh, they were born in Toronto, but, uh, when they turned two and four, uh, she wanted to be closer to her family and yes. uh just uh we ended up uh, coming to sydney in uh january of 2010 wow long time so it's ago been about uh well almost 11 years now you're an aussie now you're an aussie <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> so the 911 I, I am but uh I, I sorry go on we have we i just want to say we have a bit of yeah we have a bit of a weird delay justin just a slight one so when you when you decided you wanted to buy a 911, how long ago was that? Before you bought the before you bought your car you've got now, when did you decide I'm going to start looking for a 911? Yeah, I started uh, thinking about it seriously uh, in December. I would say, um, I actually remember the conversation I was having with a colleague of mine. We, you know, we went for a coffee, and uh, you know, it's it's getting close to, uh, to, to your end. And, uh, I think I remember just saying to him, I think, you know, next year. So meaning, you know, 2020 is the year that I, um, 
that I buy uh, a, uh, a a uh, sports car or you know a, a true car. Just be, I, I think the conversation was between my friend and I just about where cars were headed. You know, we we're talking about Teslas and you know, yeah. You know, cars uh, starting to go electric and, uh, you know, we're probably talking about Uber as well and, uh, you know, driverless cars and that sort of thing. And uh, I remember just saying something to the effect of, um, you know, really have to, you know, own like a, a true automobile, like, you know, something that, um, you know, something something that will, you know, hold its value, be really seen as. As, uh, as kind of a, uh, you know, almost like a collector's item, you know, 20 years from now when, when cars or cars as we know it are, are obsolete. Right. Yeah, so, yeah, and, uh, you know, that, yeah, well, that essentially I think brings you to, uh, a Porsche 911, uh, well in, in my head anyways, um, you know, obviously there are, you know, nicer cars, like, you know, if, if, if you, you know, think about, you know, Ferraris or, you know, more expensive cars, I guess, but, you know, when you think of, you know, the, true iconic sports car uh it i i i believe that's a, a true, porsche 911 true for the cost you know a porsche the best thing about a porsche is for the cost of ownership for the cost of of running it it really they're really not expensive cars you know what i mean i always say that the audi that i owned before uh used to cost me more in services than the 911 i have now so they're not really that expensive you know if you maintain it properly you get a reasonable one you know they they're not that expensive to maintain insurances are not that bad you know, so they are a really good option compared to something like a Ferrari or a Lamborghini or, or something like that. Um, so when you started to look for the 911, and we haven't given away what you've, what you've purchased yet, but it will be in the title of this podcast, so people probably already know. But did you start to do research? So did you go onto Renless forums? Did you go onto Pistonhead forums? You know, how did you do the research? Because in, fa- in fact, tell people what you've bought, and then we can talk about the research side of it and, and how you got into the car you're into now. Yeah, so essentially... I, I bought a 911-996.2. Uh, so it is a C2 Cabriolet model, model year 04. And uh, the color is uh, basalt, I, say, I guess you say basalt black uh, with a black interior. So black yep, on Metallic black. black. Metallic black. That's correct. Yeah. So that's, uh, yeah, that's what I decided to go with. And it's manual? It's manual, right? It is manual. Yes. Uh, so that... When I was uh, searching, a manual was, uh, I mean, I was only going to go for, for a manual. Um, I, you know, I, 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 know, I, I knew enough um, to, well, for, for me personally, not to um, want a, an automatic. Like, I, I just think it would be uh, a waste. I mean, I, just, I wanted something that, you, you know, truly drive and, uh, you know, get driver experience and, you know, and, uh, you know, basically the true sort of driving experience, uh, sort of going to the wayside there. So was it your intention on uh, buying a Cabriolet or you just happened to come across a, a good example that was a Cabriolet and you decided, you know, I'm happy with this? Yeah, no, it was definitely my intention to go with a Cabriolet. I mean, and I know, uh, you know, the true Porsche enthusiast, uh, it's probably not there, you know, it's definitely not their their first choice, uh, but I think things that, that that play into it for me. You know, first off, growing up in Toronto, Canada, where you only get about you know three months of true summer, and and then you know it gets cold quite quickly going into autumn and winter, and then you know even springs uh, a little bit on the cooler side. Um, I just remember growing up that uh, you know I always would would see people with uh, you know with. Uh, uh, convertibles and I just thought you know that, that it was pretty cool it's not you know it's not something that you can just uh really 
own, uh, unless it's just, re, you know, for, for fun kind of thing um, in, in Toronto. And, uh, and then again, I guess with, uh, you know, some of the uh, actors that I was mentioning with, with their cars, you know, like James, D- James Dean's uh, Spider there and even, you know, Dylan's in, uh, in Beverly Hills 90210. I mean, those were also uh, convertibles. Yeah. And uh, I always thought to myself, you know, I always thought to myself, if I ever lived in, you know, say Miami, L.A., Sydney, where, you know, the weather is, you know, going to be pretty much warm or hot for, you know, 80, you know, 70 percent, 80 percent of the time, um, I would uh, I would definitely buy a, a, a convertible. And so, you know, that whole, you know, Porsche 911 and uh, and uh, um, uh, convertible just it, 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 it was just. The, the that 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 lifestyle that it, that it represents is uh, why I went for it. Right, it, it kind of makes sense, you know. Like I, I you, you, I don't know whether you've listened to the previous podcast where I've actually mentioned to people that I think cabriolets are coming back. I think I'm I'm onto it early, and I think you've already bought into it. And <clears throat> I think cabs are coming back, and and it all sort of spurred on by the point that I saw that image in Porsche Museum in Stuttgart. And it's a recent uh, muse- recent exhibit, and they put a cabriolet up there with the hardtop with a surfboard on the roof, and that was that's on display in the Porsche Museum in Stuttgart. And I reckon cabriolets are, are coming back. And I think your point you made about you know the Speedster and and the three five sixes, you know, cabriolets were always cool Porsches. They were the ones that people wanted. They wanted the Speedster. They wanted the three five six C convertible. You know what I mean? It was the thing to buy. I think it's only recently that people sort of think. Mm, Cabriolets aren't, you know, Porsche purists. They're not what you would buy. They've got too much weight in the back. Uh, I think that's wrong, and I think I think the cabriolet has its purpose. And I think, like you said, in a country like Australia, I mean, in the UK, I think it's a bit, a bit, it's a little bit, probably, pointless because you've got like a three-month window basically of sun. Um, but I think in Australia, it, it's it's a really good idea, and especially when you can hear the sound of the engine, you've got the top down. You know, it handles really well. Yeah, there's a little bit more weight. But you've got a manual, you know what I mean? If it was a if it was a Tiptronic or an automatic or a PDK or whatever, maybe not. But I think I think what you've bought is 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 a good choice. Now, the nine nine six, were you worried about the concerns with the nine nine six? I mean, you know I have a nine nine seven point one and it has the same concerns about IMS and all those things. Did your car have a good service history? Did it did any of those things worry you before you purchased it? Yeah, well that's uh, I mean I did a lot of research. Um, you know, I mean I- I actually love doing the research on, on these kinds of things, you know, whenever it's time to, you know, either buy a new watch or a new car, you know, even if it's a, a, a new refrigerator, I, I mean, that's, it's all part of the, uh, the fun of buying something new. And just, you know, when you start watching the videos on YouTube, uh, the IMS is something that comes up, but, uh, you know, once you start doing enough research on that, you do realize that, um, the IMS issue you know, although it's there, um, I mean, it, it affects a very small percentage uh, of cars. And so, you know, you once you start doing the research, you do realize that, look, if it hasn't been done, um, you know, it's only going to cost you know, $2,000 to $3,000 to, you know, to get it done. Um, and, uh, you know, if, if, um, it hasn't gone already on a, on, on a car this, you know, this old, then it's, it's actually most likely not, not going to happen, but, you know, for that peace of mind for that two to $3,000, you can get it done. But I mean, I did, I did want to find an example that was already, um, where, where it already had been done. So your, your cars had the, uh, LN engineering IMS or, or similar, um, modification done has it that's correct yes uh so you actually get um in the uh in the um 
in the service manual, uh, there's actually a sticker there that says, you know, IMS, uh, I can't remember what it says, but there's actually not, a, 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 you actually see something in the service manual showing that the IMS was, was done properly. So is that, is that guaranteed for, I'm not quite sure about this answer, so maybe you know the answer. Is it guaranteed for X amount of years or X amount of kilometers or is it, what is the, what is the deal with that? I mean, do you remember when yours was done in your car? Was it done recently or was it done 10 years ago or? Yeah, no, mine was done recently. So he had actually just done it uh, in February of this year. Oh, okay. Okay. So before you purchased it. Yeah, before I purchased it. Right. So um, I'm th- I think once, once it's done, it's, it's, it's updated, right? Like you don't, you don't have the faulty IMS uh, that, you know, that, that Porsche originally used. And once it's done, it's done. It's not, it's not something that you have to uh, redo again, or I've never heard of anyone having to do it twice. Yeah. And like you said, I mean, a, a 996 and even a 997, uh, and I think I was watching something and they were talking about 996, it said if, if you have, and I think it was a UK, UK article or UK video, but if you've done over 50,000 miles in the car in the 996, the chances of IMS happening, especially if you've had regular services done and they've checked your air filter and there's no metal in there, etc., cetera, um, then you're pretty much not going to have an issue with the car. I don't know how true that is, but it sounds about right. I mean, it needs to be driven. You know what I mean? Cars that are driven, cars that have more miles on them, more kilometers on them, um, 996s, 997s, are unlikely to suffer an IMS failure. Yeah, that's correct. Um you, I think the, the the most important thing when you are purchasing a car, really looking at the servicing itself. So, um, you know, everyone is scared of higher mileage cars, uh, but if even if it's a high mileage car, as long as the servicing was done at the correct interval, you know, it's having the minor service, the the, the major services done, um, that really shouldn't. Uh, scare uh, buyers away, um, you know, from 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 a car, or a, a high a high mileage car. It's it's um, the, the history is what you want to take a look at. So, Justin, how many kilometers did your car have when you purchased it? Uh, sorry, Michael, I, I missed that. How many kilometers did your car? How many miles did your car have once you when you purchased it? Yeah, oh, it had uh, seventy five thousand kilometers. So okay. when I when I saw it and uh, took it for a test drive, it had seventy five thousand. And when I actually you know took it home, uh, there was about you know, seventy five thousand two hundred uh, kilometers on it. Okay, that that's actually quite low. That's actually not bad for a two thousand and four, right? Two thousand and four nine nine six. Yeah, it it, it is uh, quite low. And uh, I mean, I think for for me that was uh, what I was looking for. I was looking for what 911 budget that I was uh, looking at, it was definitely going to be a 996 because um, look, well, the, the thing is when I started looking at 997s, I mean, I, I would love to, I would have loved to, to go for a 997, but um, you know, so when I was evaluating models, um, all the roads were kind of leading me to the 996 and uh, look, I'll, I'll tell you why. So, you know, I just felt that the 997s with the same 3.6 liter engine wasn't worth paying the extra, you know, possibly, you know, 25 to 30,000 more for, you know, the same, the same engine, but just really the, the updated interior. And, you know, if you actually go with an S or, you know, a 3.8 liter engine, then, uh, then in Australia, anyways, you're paying actually an additional 40k uh, roughly on top of the 996 
uh, base price. So you're actually getting very close to about a hundred thousand uh, in Australia for you know for a three point eight. So you know, and then and then and then another thing that probably would would have led me to 3.6 if I was going to uh you know I so I, I actually paid only about fifty thousand dollars for um you know for my uh for my car but um you know if I was going to have to put another say 25 on top of that I felt that uh I probably would have went with the uh Carrera 4S um just because I really liked that uh wider body or you know that that turbo body um and and so yeah, it just it, it, it really all all the roads were kind of leading me towards uh, sort of a, a nine nine six model as opposed to a a nine nine seven. Yeah, I mean, I've been I've been looking at the market in Australia. I always look at car sales, and I look at the nine nine sixes, and you can see that they're, they're they're jumping up in price. I mean, there's a few people there that want too much for their model. I think I saw one the other day for seventy seventy thousand for a Carrera, nine nine six Carrera. <laughs> Did I don't know if you saw that one. So- yeah, so Michael, it's interesting that you saw that one because I think that's the so that's a blue uh, with the gray interior. Yeah, I think it's yeah. an O two. Yeah. yeah, so that one has close to ninety eight thousand kilometers, and that one has actually been put on hold. So that really? actually is yeah, that's it's already put on on hold. It's only been on, on the market for one week. So that makes, uh, well, makes me feel good because I bought mine for 50,000. I think it's a better example. I mean, the only difference is that it's a cabriolet, right? But, um, uh, it actually has a lot less kilometers. No, there was a, there, and I've, I've spoken about this previously. Sorry. I spoke about this previously about, there was a green, there was an oak green cabriolet for sale at Auto House Hamilton and it was 42,000. And I think it was an early model. It was like a 98 model. And I said to Steve that I did the podcast with, I said, Steve, that is a great buy. You know, I'm so tempted to buy that Cabriolet for 42 grand. You know what I mean? Because it was, a, I think, almost like original owner. I don't know whether you saw that one. It was, it was quite good. But, you know, the price you bought, I think, at 50K, that's, that's a pretty good price for a 996 because they're definitely on the rise. Um, and it seems people now want, you know, closer to 60. They want 55, 60,000. And a lot of those have high kilometers. They're over 100,000 kilometers. So the fact that yours only has you know, 75 odd thousand kilometers. That's pretty good. Yeah. Well, look, I, I think I got actually pretty lucky with the price that I paid because we were just, I mean, we, we were going through COVID essentially. So, uh, the seller had actually placed that car, uh, on the market. I believe I, I saw it actually either very late December or early January and he had it priced much higher. And, uh, and then obviously, um, you know, COVID hit and, uh, you know, the, um, I think temporarily car sales, uh, you know, they, they essentially dried up. I, I actually had stopped looking because, you know, was, there was a bit of uncertainty in regards to, uh, you know, just the, um, you know, the, the job market. Uh, my wife, uh, she actually, um, owns, uh, her own, uh, consulting firm and, you know, everything that she had on the go, you know, all projects and stuff, they were just immediately, you know, halted and, you know, just projects were, were put on hold. So, I mean, I, I totally had, um, just kind of, uh, you know, just really, um, kind of walked away from thinking about, uh, buying a, uh, a new vehicle, but, uh, but then, you know, June, by, by the end of June, things started to uh, start to look like they were, they were going to, um, you know, 
get a little bit better. Um, you know, we're having to go back to the office, uh, you know, one, one day a week. And, uh, I mean, for, for myself, I knew my job stability was there. Um, but, uh, and, and, uh, things were starting to, you know, my wife was starting to get back into conversations with, uh, you know, with, um, possible, uh, prospects that, uh, that, that, um, you know, that basically had, had stopped, um, you know, essentially, uh, looking for consulting services yep. and, uh, yeah, well, and then as soon as, um, I sort of, uh, was, you know, kind of had, had the feeling that uh, things were going to be all right, uh, in our situation, uh, I started, uh, looking for, uh, look for nine eleven again. <laughs> so, so when you, did you get a pre-purchase inspection for your car? Cause you know, I'm a fan of pre-purchase inspections. Did you actually get one done or did you just take a chance? Uh, so, uh, yeah, Michael, I mean, I know you're, you're a big fan of it and going forward, I would never purchase a car without a pre-purchase inspection, but for this, uh, vehicle, I did not. And, uh, look, I mean, there's, there's a couple of reasons why I did not go for the pre-purchase inspection. Um, so first off, because, uh, the, um, the service, the service records, uh, were pretty, um, you know, it, it, it was all there, right. So it had a very good service history. The fact that he had a major, well, he, not, 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 not the actual major service, but he himself had put about, uh, $6,500 into the car in February. So he did the IMS, uh, new flywheel, uh, new clutch, um, you know, every time you get it serviced, it shows the percentages of the, the brakes and the, and the, and the, and the tires, yeah, yeah. um, you know, those were all over, uh, above 80 to 85%. Um, and you know, you get a serve, you know, they'll actually put on the service. They actually put on the service paper if there's anything that's coming up and there, there was, there was no issues coming up. So, um, and one other thing that the, uh, that the, um, seller did was he put me in contact. He said, look, you're, you're, you're free to contact, um, his Porsche specialist. So he didn't get it, uh, serviced at a, um, at a Porsche dealership, but he, uh, gets it serviced at a Porsche specialist in, uh, in Wyong actually. I oh, know, right. Uh, yeah, <laughs> where, yeah. where you grew up, where you grew up there. You, and, did, you, um, did I say that before? Yeah. Have I? Yeah. Yeah. That's, <laughs> you know, it's funny. I keep hearing about that Porsche specialist in Wyong. And, I, um, I, I keep hearing about that specialist. Mm-hmm. So Justin, I heard that yeah, someone yeah. else, someone else bought a car. I don't know where I saw this. And I think it might've been on Porsche, uh, forums, Australia. And they literally, because the person before had serviced a car there, they kept taking the car there and then they found out that they were really good and they're in Wyong, of all places. I I just don't understand. Having gone to school in Wyong, I don't understand that there'd be a Porsche specialist in Wyong. It it, it confuses me. It really does. (laughs) (laughs) Well, actually, so I I still now bring my... Porsche to the same specialist because he's been working on the car for, uh, you know, the last couple of years. And, uh, look, he has a lot of training. I, I can't, uh, I mean, he, he was, um, he was a, a mechanic at one of the Porsche, uh, dealerships here in Sydney. And, uh, look, I just, think he was, you know, at, I think he was at Willoughby, wasn't he? I think the guy from there was at, at, it was either Porsche South Sydney or Willoughby. I think he was actually, um, yeah, the trained mechanic there. Yeah. Yeah, that's correct. I believe it was it was Willoughby, and uh, and look, um, I, I I feel that uh, because he is in Wyong, uh, you know, quite quite you know about an hour uh, hour and a half away from Sydney, um, he's able to keep the costs a, a little bit lower uh, just because he doesn't have sort of those uh, you know that city overhead. So 
Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's good. That's good. So your car was a, a Sydney car or was it a Central Coast car? Who owned who, the person that you bought it from? No, uh, Central Central Coast uh, car. So the seller that I purchased it from lived uh, very close to Port Macquarie. So two hours okay. uh, further, like, you know, two hours yep. um, from Newcastle. So yep. I had to travel two hours to Newcastle to and he had to travel two hours back to Newcastle, and that, that, that was about uh, that. That's uh, the, the middle there. So, um, yeah. So it wasn't. Um, yeah, it, it's still okay. a bit of a trip to, uh, to to kind of look at the car there. So you you picked up the car. You drove the car back to Sydney. I did. I did. So I I, I test drove it, um, and uh, he. I, I I said you know I told him I was really interested, um, you know just would like to speak to you know his mechanic, um, and uh, he actually was he gave me very favorable terms um, in terms of purchasing it. So you know I mean it's a it's a private it's a private sale, and so I said look I'm willing to give a, a deposit, um, however um, I need about six weeks uh, just because of. Of, of things that were going on at the time, you know, as I, as I mentioned with, uh, you know, my wife and, and her business, uh, it just would have helped me, uh, to delay, um, you know, paying all that money. Um, and, and so, you know, he, he, he was fine with it. Uh, and so, um, yeah, I actually uh, had to wait. Uh, well, I, I, I decided to wait after kind of putting the deposit down. I didn't actually take delivery for, for about six weeks, uh, uh, till after that. So till, till about mid July there. Okay, so I was, uh, you know, I, I was speaking to a guy actually yesterday who's who's on one of the Porsche Cool Stories coming up, um, who's got a YouTube channel, and he bought a 996 in the UK, and he bought, he calls it the cheapest Porsche 911 in the UK, and he basically paid six and a half thousand pounds for this 996, um, and all he spent on it, he spent up to nine thousand pounds. Oh wow! Uh, it's coming up in the next podcast, but he he spent nine thousand pounds, and he doesn't have to spend any more. And he drives it every day, and he leaves it outside, and it works quite well. Um, so that kind of like when I hear that price, I think you know Australia is obviously a different world, and we all know you cannot get a nine nine six for <laughs> you cannot get a nine nine six for what is it six and a half? What was that eleven thousand Australian dollars? Which seems crazy <laughs> that you could buy a nine nine six even with high kilometers for that price. Um, but the thing about the 996 and I was saying to him is, is that even if, even if you buy something that needs a lot of work and you can't do all the work on it now, you know what I mean? And you, and you just sit on that car for 12 months, the 996 is going to appreciate very, very quickly. You can see it already. And we spoke about this before with that other car that was on car sales. So I think the 996 is a, you know, it's a great first 911, you know what I mean? I mean, I know a lot of people look at Boxsters and think I should buy a Boxster or, and you know, the Boxsters have their merit, you know, and the Caymans have their merit. But if you can get a 996, and even in Australia, like you said, you got yours for 50 grand. And I've seen some others on there for, you know, I guess 50 grand is probably the base price now. I don't think you can get it much cheaper than 50 grand. You are, you are buying a really good 911 and you're buying a 911 that's only going to appreciate because it's bottomed out. And the love for the 996 is growing really, really quickly. And, it, and it's helped by people on YouTube such as, you know, Lee from Total 911 buying the green one and putting the ducktail on it and putting the Fuchs on it. I don't know if you've seen that. James at Auto Amateur, you know, with his Project 996. So all these things really do make the 996 very appealing. And I think it's a car that you would you would definitely hold on to for a few years, don't you? Uh, I, yes. I mean, look, I think anyone... Uh, 
I, I, it kind of makes me laugh because I think uh, anyone that just wants, you know, that, that uh, they're, you know, one and done car, uh, uh, without a doubt, um, it, it can be the 911 that you own. And, uh, you know, you just basically, uh, you know, drive it as much as you want. And as long as you, you know, keep, keep it, um, you know, do regular servicing, I think it, it will only go up in value. Now, um, I mean, I, I, the reason why I laugh is because I, I think that doesn't necessarily apply to me. Um, you know, as I've uh, mentioned to you in the past, I mean, I'm already looking forward to um, either upgrading, um, you know, upgrading the vehicle uh, or, you know, possibly getting, uh, getting another, uh, another Porsche. Um, I mean, it's just sort of that, that, you know, that, that collector mentality that, uh, yep. that I have. And, um, and, 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 and look, that, that, that is one of the reasons why I didn't mind going for sort of the base, uh, you know, just a, a C2, you know, even, even if it's the cab and, and maybe I find out in, in two years, um, that it's not a cab that, uh, that, um, you know, I, I really want, uh, for, for life. Um, I, I, I just, I guess deep down, I knew it wasn't going to be one and done. I mean, if I really do, uh, enjoy, uh, the hobby, uh, you know, I, I, I was bound to, to, to get something else. And, uh, I mean, that's, I mean, after, after even just, you know, owning for, for three months, um, I mean, I know that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to have, uh, another yeah. another porsche i was gonna say future. it doesn't take long before you realize you want another one does it i mean it, it it sinks in pretty quickly um so when you when you first picked up the car how did it feel when you were first driving it was it everything you expected i it was everything i expected and more so um i did have to go to newcastle to pick it up and, uh, I mean, it's kind of funny. So I went to Newcastle to pick it up. Um, and it was, uh, it was actually sunny on the way over there, but, uh, it actually had started raining by the time I got there. Um, I do have a mate that, uh, lives in Newcastle and I said, Oh, let's, you know, catch up for a coffee at, uh, at the Westfields there. So I, I ended up driving to the Westfields and, you know, this is, uh, you know, sort of mid afternoon, probably about, you know, three, four o'clock. And, uh, and then it's, it had actually started raining. And by the time I left, uh, the Westfields there, it was pitch dark, the roads were wet. And, uh, and I actually, so I, I parked in the, um, just the, the underground garage and I had no idea how to put it in reverse. So I've only owned one other, uh, manual car in, okay. uh, in, in the past. And, <laughs> uh, only owned one other manual car in the past and the way that you would put it in reverse is you had to kind of lift up um sort of the uh you know you had to lift up sort of the um the bottom of the the yeah. the, the, the stick right like to, yeah, yeah. To, to actually pop it in reverse and um i i i ended up having to google um you know <laughs> how do you put a 911 uh <laughs> you know how do you put a 911 in reverse and yeah. you know it i mean you know there, it wasn't actually all that clear, but it said someone someone had put something up in, in a forum saying like you just have to force it to to the left. Like I actually yeah. knew, knew where reverse is. Like I knew it was on the left and not in the right, and I knew it was on you know because you, you can see the um, you know you can see the uh, the format, but I didn't know that you just had to you know sort of force it over to yeah. the left. And uh, and you know I got back to the car, just you know put put a bit of force and uh, got it into reverse there. It's funny you say that because I bought my, my car I got from Scuderia Graziani in Woolloomooloo. I'm not sure if you know of that dealer. And 
when I drove it, when I drove it back to where I live in Surrey Hills, I went into the car park and I had the same thing. I couldn't actually reverse into my car park. I couldn't get it in reverse. Exactly the same thing. It just wouldn't go in. I'm thinking, what am I doing wrong here? I just couldn't get it in reverse. <laughs> exactly the same thing. So I, I know where you're coming from with that one. And you just laugh because you're, you're all a bit nervous. You know, you pick the car up and you're still a bit nervous about, you know, scratching it or, or not being able to drive it properly, having not owned a 911 before. But um, that's, all the, that's all the fun of ownership. So since you bought it, Justin, has anything gone wrong? Is there anything that you've had to, any um, repairs that you've had to do, you know, to keep the car running? Uh, yes. So I had the, I had to have a major service done in August of, well, yeah, in August. So I had the, had the major service done. Um, and, uh, what was, you know, after they did the major service, what he came back with was that there was, uh, water stains. Um, so sort of, uh, yeah, I guess water stains, um, in the, uh, so there were, there were water stains around the water pump. So he recommended right. replacing it and getting a coolant flush. Um, so, you know, that, I think that's about an $1,100 job. Now, look, if I had the PPI done, they probably would have come across that. Now, the thing is, look at, at the price that the seller was selling the vehicle at, he probably just would have said, Oh, look, I mean, um, you know, I've, I've already worked that in. So look, I mean, I, I don't think I would have actually saved any money doing the PPI, even if they had found that. But, um, my specialist said, look, we, we, we see, see the water stains. We recommend getting the water pump and, uh, and, uh, getting a coolant flush, you know, it, it could go out on you in two weeks or it could last, you know, four five, six months. Um, so, you know, I said, okay, well, that's fine. You know, I'll probably come bring it back in uh, you know about four weeks time yeah now two weeks later i get a coolant leak <laughs> oh okay so uh you know um yeah two weeks later i get a coolant leak now it wasn't actually the water pump that had gone but it was a hose um that had cracked and split on sort of the uh on the left, uh on the rear uh to the left and so i had to get that repaired and uh because i was getting that repaired I decided to to do the water pump and gasket along with it. Uh, so they do a coolant flush, uh, you know, including all the labor and everything. So um, that whole bit ended up costing me about two thousand dollars all up. So right. you know, really, really not that all that bad. Plus the cost of the. Uh, but uh, ever since I got that done, the the major service is only comes in at about. Uh, so a major service at uh, the poor specialist in wiring there, it's only coming in at about. Uh, 1100 bucks wow that's cheap that's a lot cheaper than i pay at um auto house hamilton i think auto house i think <laughs> yeah like i said I, I i i know that uh sorry i think auto house hamilton is around about and i'm going by memory here because i don't have my records but i think it was about the last one i had done was about 1800 1800 2000 i think at auto house and obviously porsche Porsche dealers are much more expensive than that. Yeah, look, I mean, I know it's, uh, you know, it's not uh, cheap uh, at, at, at the dealerships. And um, uh, I, I do know that uh, the specialist I bring it to uh, is very competitive because he doesn't have those uh, those city prices. Um, you know, really good because I actually asked them those questions or asked them these questions, uh, you know, how much is a, you know, minor and major service, um, you know, when I was asking them about, you know, this car specifically. And, uh, you know, I, I, my, my family car is a Land Rover Freelander 2, uh, which I still get uh, serviced uh, at the dealership. 
Right. And really the, the prices are quite comparable, you yeah. know? So when, yeah. when, when he told me that, uh, a minor and major is, you know, um, I think, you know, roughly about, you know, nine and 11, or, you know, there's only about like two or $300 difference, uh, between the minor and major and, um, you know, compared to what I'm paying for my Freelander too. Um, I, th- I thought, you know what, uh, it, it, that's very reasonable. Yeah. That's a good price. So the, I'm looking at your car on Instagram now. I'm actually looking at your Instagram feed because I'm refreshing myself. And you've got a stripe on the side. Did you add that? No, I didn't. Uh, I didn't add that. Uh, so it has. Uh, so the, the on the side it says, you know, Porsche uh, on the bottom there. So that yeah. that came with it. Um, and that's uh, that's similar to yours, right? You you have the same uh, the same decal. Yeah, it's very it's very similar. It's very similar. Uh, mine is two tone. Mine is a two-tone one, but it's almost the same. It looks like the same size. I forget what mine is. I think it's three and a half inch in the one I got, which was from Carrera decals, Ren decals, when he was still showing his stripes online. But it looks good. I think it adds to it. It looks really good. What else have you added? What about the exhaust? Has, it got a, has your car got a sports exhaust? Or are you intending on adding an exhaust mod or...? Yeah, no, it does. It does have an exhaust. So I'm not sure if you remember, but uh, that's how I first got into contact with you. So I watched your um, your your video on the uh, on the Fister exhaust, and um, and uh, I remember. I don't know if you remember, but I sent you a message on YouTube asking you why you did not send your cores back. I do now. I did. So, I, 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 for the for the listeners yeah, out there, I do. I for, I didn't realize that was you, but now I remember. Yeah, I do remember. Sorry, yeah. Justin. Yeah. Yeah. So that that was that was when I was uh, doing a bit of research. So, um, you know, watching all the videos, um, you know, Fister looked like it was going to be the option that I go with. Um, and then, you know, I sent you the message there as well. But, you know, in in US dollars, which is uh, you know about what's the US dollar to the Aussie? I think it's about you know one uh, what one thirty five right now. Yeah. But you know. For the mod itself, it costs about four hundred and sixty dollars, so that's the U.S. dollars. Um, there's a core fee of about six hundred, which um, which you you do get back if you send your your um, uh, your original uh, exhaust boxes back to them. Yep. Um, to get it in titanium, I believe it was another two hundred and eighty dollars. Uh, you know, you, you can get a hardware kit, which adds another 50 bucks, um, just in case like the hardware is all rusted from, from taking off your original boxes. Yep. But, you know, that takes you to about a total of, uh, 1700 us dollars. And, uh, and look, if I sent the cores back, you do get back 600, but for me to mail my cores back to, to, uh, LA there, it probably would have cost me about 400 uh, Aussie dollars. And so, you know, it, it's quite a bit, it's quite expensive, yeah, um, for yeah. just, you know, a mod. Um, so what I looked into was, um, I mean, I have a, I have a, a mate, um, uh, that's well, uh, part of a watch group uh, that I'm, that I'm in that, uh, you know, also has a nine, nine, six, and he put me onto the, um, car graphic, uh, exhaust. I'm not sure if you've heard of car graphic, but they have, uh, they have sport exhaust. Yeah, I have, they have, yeah. Um, car graphics got great stuff. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I ended up going with uh, Car Graphics Sport Exhaust, uh, which cost me twenty three hundred dollars uh, Australian delivered, and then uh, plus your installation. And okay. uh, I, I absolutely love it. It's uh, one of the. Well, it's one of my. It's probably one of the most. My. The, it's one of the most uh, uh, favorite things. Uh, you know, on 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 the vehicle, just the just the sound that from, the, uh, from the from uh, the Car Graphics Exhaust, and. Um, 
I, I do feel with, um, you know, with, with, with the cost, you know, not only do you get, you know, just a brilliant sound, but uh, it does lighten up the weight. So I think it, uh, it, it does weigh a little bit less than the, uh, the um, uh, OEM exhaust. And okay. uh, I mean, it's said to, to add about 14 uh, brake horsepower there. So um, yeah. So I thought, I thought there was uh, additional benefits. I, I think that's, I think that's a good decision actually, because you're right. It takes away the weight. I mean, the Fister obviously is probably the same weight, if not a little bit heavier with the extra world pipe and i i kind of forgot how much my fister cost and i think when i bought it and obviously darren's prices have gone up since then but i think mine was about 1400 and i had it delivered straight to order house hamilton and they fitted it then it cost me i don't know probably i think it was four hours of labor or something and then i had to end up buying the new sport tips because they couldn't get the actual other sports exhaust tips off my previous core which is still on it in my garage um, and then I bought the Danks sport tips and I think they cost me some ridiculous amount of money, another $900 or something, something stupid. Um, but at the time I was sort of all caught up in the whole thing. So I just paid it. I didn't sort of worry about it. Um, but I think that's a good point you made. I think that's a good point you made about the car graphic and about other exhausts like that, which are lighter, you know, for a cabriolet that has a bit more weight or they say it has a bit more weight at the back to lighten that up a little bit is probably you know, it's probably a good idea. It's probably a, a good mod to do that you actually did. And Car Graphic make, you know, they, they got great products, really good products. Um, you'll see from the, the podcast and Steve that owns the GT3, my mate in Sydney, uh, he's always fiddling with his exhaust. He just did another upgrade on his exhaust recently, which is even louder. Um, but I, I'd like to actually hear your exhaust when I'm back in Sydney. Hopefully we can catch up and I can, uh, I can have a listen of it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I'll, uh, uh, yeah, no, it'd be great to, uh, to meet if, um, if, and when, uh, you get back to, uh, to Sydney, uh, well, not, not if obviously you'll, you'll, you'll get back, but it just depends uh, when, when, when the when Australian be, government lets us back in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Actually, uh, I just, uh, announced today, um, they are allowing Australians to travel to, I believe South Korea, Singapore, and, uh, one other Asian country. I can't yeah. remember which one. See, <laughs> I, I'm a bit doomed though, Justin, because being in Bahrain and the amounts, you know, the cases are, you know, they're very good here with testing and everything and it's very all organized, but the, the cases are still high every day. They're like 600 a day. So the fact is, if I'm mm. going to be either here or in UK, there's no way they're going to let us in unless, you know, we're from some other country. Um, it's, it's annoying because I'm really, we are, my wife and I are trying to get back at Christmas. We're really, really trying to get back at Christmas. Um, but I yeah. just have to wait and see. Um, so what else have you done to the car? Have you done any other mods? So the stripe was on it. You did the exhaust. I didn't realize you did the car graphic exhaust. That's, that sounds yeah. fantastic. What else? Yeah. So I did the car graphic, uh, sport exhaust. Um, and also, uh, I, uh, with the major service, I, um, had also, um, purchased an IPD plenum. Oh, have you okay. heard about the plenum? Yes, I have. People keep telling me I should get it. I still don't actually know what it does, but people keep sending me messages saying, get the plenum, get the ID, IPD plenum. Yeah, so uh, yeah, check it out. I mean, Google it, um, but uh, for $1,300 plus installation, and installation is probably only about you know, hour, hour and a half at the most, uh, it actually gives better airflow. So the original is actually, it's a T-design plastic piece. Uh, the IPD is, uh, it's, uh, it's a Y design. So it's actually uh, shaped differently. Uh, and it, it improves performance by channeling uh, air uh, left and right to the cylinder banks more efficiently. 
Um, so essentially the design uh, reduces airflow turbulence and increases airflow, um, which uh, results in, uh, well, you know, they say it results in power gains throughout the entire RPM band. Um, so I think they, they actually on the website, they claim about, you know, 10 brake horsepower. Um, look, I mean, I think I'm too much of a, you know, an amateur to really kind of notice yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I looked at their website it's actually. Like, I did know, check out. I, I guess hmm. you know the exhaust. I was going to say with the exhaust plus the exhaust, you know, the exhaust plus the plenum. Like, I mean, I guess it's it's you know it's nice to say that I have an extra twenty four power there. So the thing is, though, Justin, I I never find that my Carrera is lacking in power. You know what I mean? If you're just driving your Carrera, and you know, when I go down the south coast down to you know that that Royal National Park or even on the Pacific Highway or the Putty Road, I don't feel like it's lacking in power. That is until I get into Steve's car, into Steve's GT3. Then you realize that there's a big difference in, in power. But as an experience, there's plenty of power in a base Carrera. You know, and a lot, I know I've said this a lot of times before. There's nothing wrong with a base Carrera. You know what I mean? There really isn't. And you shouldn't. You know, I was, a, I was originally, and you probably know this, I was originally looking for an S, a Carrera S997, and one just didn't come up. Um, so that's why I bought my, my base Carrera. Um, but I don't think you should, you know, stop buying a base career just because you think it doesn't have enough power because it actually does have enough power. A hundred percent. You know, uh, Michael, I think I, I, I agree. And, uh, and I think that was just something I added because, you know, you, you get a, you get a new vehicle, you want to, you know, add a little bit of, uh, you know, extra performance. I did the exhaust anyways. And, uh, you know, for a lot of the forums and, um, you know, just, uh, a mate of mine said, Oh, look, I mean, an IPD plenum for, you know, for $1,300, you could get a little bit extra performance. So I don't think it's a bad idea what you yeah, do. I, I decided to do it. Yep. You know, that being said, um, uh, yeah, no, I was just gonna say that being said, I'm, I'm probably not going to add too many more sort of mods that will increase performance because of, you know, like, like, like you said, I mean, I, at the end of the day, I'm not taking it on track. And uh, I mean, I have plenty of power for, uh, you know, for, for this, for the streets of Sydney, really, at the end of the day. No, I think, I think doing the IPD is actually, I mean, like I said, I don't know a lot about it. I've read a little bit. Um, but I think the thing that's stuck in my head, it's done in, in unison with something else though, isn't it? People do the IPD and they do something else at the same time. Is it two things that are done together usually? I, I remember someone sending me a message once and saying, uh, you do the IPD and you do this as well at the same time. I can't remember what it, what it is. But I think with the IPD, what the benefit, I think, you know, I don't think it's a bad thing and I've, I've thought about it, but I just don't know a lot about it. I think it's the throttle response, isn't it? You get a better throttle response with the IPD as well. It seems better. Uh, on the gas. Yeah, that's right. I mean, uh, I mean, I mean, I think at the end of the day, it has to do with, with the air, but, uh, you're essentially getting, uh, better power, ba- better power gains, uh, even in the, in the lower end of the, uh, you know, the RPM band. There. Yep. And how's the, um, how's the interior of your car? Is it in good condition? The, so that's where I've actually put a little bit of uh of money so i recently paid eleven hundred dollars or put eleven hundred dollars into just getting the leather um reconditioned so you know i think i think um you you know the the hot sun uh you know anyone that's owned uh you know leather interior like real leather interior uh for a number of years you know the the sun the the aussie sun is brutal on it and uh you know you really got to continue to you know condition your seats to keep the leather soft and um you know that that is one thing so i 
um, paid money to get the the leather reconditioned uh, because you could you could actually see a bit of you know a bit of cracking and that sort of thing. Yep. And uh, the lining of the uh, of the actual roof was at the very back where it all it's always folding. Uh, there was like a, a small rip. And, uh, and basically there's this, um, specialist that in, uh, uh, Artaman that, uh, they basically just do interiors. And I know actually Autohaus, um, when I, when I brought my uh, vehicle there, um, they actually said, oh, look, uh, yeah, Autohaus sends their cars there to get the, uh, to get the leather, uh, oh, okay. you know, reupholstered and, and stuff. So, I mean, I knew I found, uh, What's that yeah, place I, knew, called? I, I knew I found, uh, you know, uh, they're called car interior plus. Right. Right. Because yeah, there's the guy in uh, there's the guy that Steve, plus. there's the guy called Pro Stitch as well, John at Pro Stitch, which is in the inner city. I can't remember where he is, and Steve's been going to him to get a few leather things covered. He's supposed to be quite good too. I know he works a lot with um, air cool cars and fixing up full interiors and things like that. He's he's apparently quite good for leather leather upgrades and, and stuff like that. Yeah, well, you could, um, I mean, look, take a look at uh, maybe their page on uh, Instagram. I mean, they, they actually do, uh, you know, they've done interiors for Ferraris, Bentleys. Uh, they do a number of Porsches. So, okay. um, yeah, I just felt comfortable uh, bringing my my vehicle there. And, um, look, they, they did a great job. Like the seats, um, you know, they, they essentially low. Um, I, I'm just going to have to now uh, condition them uh, you know, regularly quarterly. Yep. Um, so I bought, uh, just this, uh, conditioner that's usually used for, uh, you know, saddles for, um, you know, for, for people that, uh, ride horses, uh, the, the, the leather saddles and that. Um, and now the, uh, the lining is, uh, fixed, uh, to, to, to my liking. I mean, I'm very picky. I mean, it all, all the aesthetic. So I'm actually more concerned you know, uh, and that sort of thing. That's what, that's where I actually want to spend my money as opposed to, you know, uh, the, the, the performance side, I think, um, you know, yep. it, it's as much as I can handle anyways. Right. But mechanically, but mechanically so, your car's fine anyway. So there's not much more you need to do. It's, it's, it's all good. Right. So it makes sense that you would just fine tune the interior and get the interior to look a little bit better. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so, um, yeah, I, I think, I'm, I'm pretty much done performance wise after putting the exhaust and the plenum, uh, for whatever reason, my vehicle did not come with, uh, the rear, uh, uh the rear mats. Um, so I bought them and just, yeah, just plain black. Yep. Um, I mean, sometimes I'll have the, you know, the kids and they'll sit in the back there. So I wanted to get the mats yep. and, um, yeah, now, now, honestly, now that I'm done with the, uh, with the, uh, the leather and the, uh, and the lining, um, there, there's nothing else that, that needs to be done so sounds good sounds perfect so what's next what what's on the horizon you know i'm you know i'm i'm i've got this obsession with 912 i was actually speaking to a guy in the uk yesterday about a about a 912 that's for sale crazy i don't know what's wrong with me um but what's next what would you buy next what would i buy next yeah what 911 would you buy next uh oh look i mean i with, with all uh you know your talk yeah, I think with all with your talk with uh, with Steve, um, I mean, I, I think I would have to. I really wouldn't mind, uh, you know, going for a uh, a GT3. Good choice. Um, you know, just for you know for for that extra, you know, for that extra power. Yeah, and just just to, you know, just just that um, you know that I think that is sort of you know the the ultimate right. Um, you know, and, and then you know if you decide you could you could. Uh, obviously track that but um i think uh it would have to be uh the, G, the gt3 and I, I wouldn't mind going for a uh i mean I, i'd be happy to, to stick with a, a 996 
uh, for that um, or, or a 997. Um, I mean, you've probably saw on car sales, there's been actually a couple uh, reasonably priced examples uh, on car sales. Um, so I think there was uh, GT3. I think Auto Haas uh, had two recently. Uh, I'm not sure if he, yeah. So there was a 911 GT3 Club Sport, mm. um, 996 for 169,000. Yeah, um, that wasn't so bad. That one. That that's on hold right now. And, yeah. and, and look, it, it was a bit on the older side. Yep. Yeah, it was a it was a 2000, right? But uh, they sold, and it, it literally sold. I think within two weeks, there was a 911 GT3 997. Um, it was an 08 with 70,000 kilometers on the odometer, and that listed for 199. And that that yeah, sold. That's a good price. Uh, I think within probably two three weeks. That's a good price. Um, mm. The one I'm looking yeah. at. Well, if you look now, there's also if yeah. you if you. Go on. Yeah. Oh no, I was going to say there's there, the one other one was. Uh, so if you actually look now, there's a 03911 GT3 996 for 179, and that one's low kilometers at 48,000 on the odometer, and that one was just listed, I think, in the last week. Oh, I haven't seen that one. I've still got the eye on that the 997.1 GT3 in silver that the guy's got. I think he wants 240 for it with low kilometers. I don't think it's in New South Wales. Have you seen that one? The Club Sport uh, Silver GT3. I don't think it's sold. Um, that is, that's pretty nice. Mm, how, how much was that one on for? I think it's two thirty-eight or two forty. It's not cheap for a point one, but it's only got thirty. Uh, okay. I think it's yeah, got high yeah, thirty, yeah. high thirty thousand kilometers. Yeah, that's. Uh, yeah, I mean, they definitely. Um, range i mean i'd love to you know maybe try and snag one for for under 200 would be nice <laughs> yeah so so for me for me justin you know i like my 997 carrera like i always feel like i want to hang on to it right i'd like to get a gt3 i'd probably like to get a 997 gt3 yeah. point one or point two but probably a point one even though i do like i really do like the 991.2 gt3s in manual but the, when the price comes down they're a bit high at the moment and of course, the GT3 Touring. So, you know, there's something in the GT range. So you have the 997, you have the GT3 Touring or Club Sport or whatever. And then I like the 912. So to me, that's like a nice three-car balance. If you if you didn't get it, if I didn't get a 912, it might be a 964. There's a really nice oak green 964 for sale at the moment in Victoria for 149,000. I mean, they they've gone up in price a lot, but this is a really nice one. That's kind of where I would sit in three cars. What three Porsches would you buy if you had? It, Three car Porsche collection off the off the top of your head now. Which ones would you buy? Yeah, look, um, I would. Uh, I mean, I think uh, a, a GT three. So you know, whether whether it's a nine nine six or nine nine seven, um, you know, that kind of you know gives you sort of all the you know all the you know power that you need, and you know you can have a bit of fun on the track. Um, I would love actually to have a 928, uh, just for a, you know, front engine, uh, example and just something that's, you know, really old school, um, you know, yeah. for the collection. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I think I, I would love to have a dark blue with a tan interior. I mean, I just love the, the shape of, uh, you know, the, uh, the 928s with sort of that, um, you know, the back there, how it just that, that flat back, uh, yeah, from, from yeah. that, that you see from behind there. And, uh, look, I mean, I think, uh, you know, obviously prices, uh, are, are going through the roof, but just to have, uh, you know, an air cooled example, the, you know, a 993 Carrera 4S, 
um, would be would be also one. Um, I know on car sales, there's a uh, there's actually one that's sort of a greenish blue color. Um, you know, has a, sort of a, a very light to white interior, uh, going for about 188. Um, you know, when I when I just you know from from the outside, I mean that that just looks uh, you know that just looks absolutely stunning to me. So um, yeah, look, I mean to keep it reasonably priced, that's probably my uh, you know the three that I would go for. You know, something new, obviously that you know 996 or 997 GT3 RS. I mean, it's not you know it's not that new, but it's you know it's all that I would you know really need. You know, you have the 928 for that old school, and then uh, even the 993 for that uh, you know that classic air cooled. Sounds good. Sounds good. Um, now, look, if money was <laughs> if if money was no object whatsoever, um, I think it would actually come down. The, the three that I would love in any one of these, I would give up. You know, collecting cars. Uh, oh, you know, actually owning multiple cars, but you know, give me either a, a Carrera GT, um, yes. a Porsche nine five nine or even uh, a 911, 997 Sport Classic. So uh, something that's truly limited in numbers, and I'd be uh, happy with, uh, with either one of those. <laughs> yeah. If I, could, if I could have one, the 997 Sport Classic, I think, would be the one, if, if I could get a hold of one of those. I mean, the last one I saw for sale that went for sale or auction in the U.S. went for something like 700000 U.S. dollars. That was the last one that I saw that went to auction. So I'd hate to think, and that was a couple of years ago, so I'd hate to think what they're worth now. I know there's a dealer, there's actually a dealer in the UK that has one for sale at the moment. I saw it on Instagram, actually. Well, it's on, I don't know whether it's for sale, but it's definitely on display. I've never actually seen one in real life. I've never seen a Sport Classic. I know they had one at Dutton's years ago. Dutton's had one and sold it, um, but I never. It was, it was just online. I never actually saw it in real life. Yeah, I think I was watching uh, just a video on it. And I think, you know, there was only 250 examples. And I think even the UK only res- only actually had uh, uh, like 10 or, you know, 20 yeah, yeah. examples at the most. Like, there, yeah, I mean, there's very, very few of them around, right? But there's, um, there's a, I don't know whether you've seen it. And I have mentioned this before when I was talking to Steve. On Magnus Walker's uh, Instagram TV, IGTV on his Instagram, he did a live chat with the head of Porsche, uh, Porsche exclusive manufacturer. He did it, and that was the guy. His first role in Porsche exclusive manufacturer was to do the Sport Classic, and so he talks about the Sport Classic, and he actually talks about the fact that uh, he told them that he wanted to produce 250 examples, and they said you'll never sell them. That's too many. No one will buy it, and you know. <laughs> Corporation, see, it's Porsche is still a corporation. No one will buy it. And he said, you know, it was obviously not enough, not enough examples at 250. And they didn't think he could sell them all. So there you go. The other thing that people don't know about you, we probably run out of time, Justin, because I think I'm looking at my counter here and we try to keep these within an hour. And I know we we stopped because we had a few little technical difficulties with the Zoom today. So I hope... I hope the sound's okay for everyone. The audio's okay because it kind of upsets me when it's not. But I think I think it's okay. But see, Justin, I think is, uh, and I'm just telling the listeners this, Justin. I think Justin is is doomed actually because he collects watches and he collects a lot of watches. And the fact that now you're onto Porsche, I think it's just <laughs> it's just going to be a money pit for you. You're just going to end up with too many cars and not enough garage space, Justin. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, you're you're 100 right, Michael. But uh, look, I mean, I have been thinking of ways to, uh, uh, I guess, increase my car collection. And, uh, you know, there's, I mean, I think my, my watch, uh, uh, my watch uh, collection actually has, 
has actually grew uh, to uh, to a size uh, that um, you know I never had anticipated, and uh, so I'd, I'd probably be happy to sell you know at least one watch to kind of add to the uh, to to the um, uh, to, to the bankroll for for another uh, for another Porsche. But uh, yeah, I mean, look, watches were uh, were sort of my my first love, and you know, got me on sort of uh, uh, the. So that, um, you know, I started looking at watches, uh, you know, when I was a kid, you know, just walking, uh, you know, walking through the mall or whatever it is and, you know, staring at beautiful, uh, you know, pieces through, uh, through a window. And, uh, I think I bought my first nice watch in, you know, 2006, uh, you know, it was a Britling Navitimer Olympus, uh, which was a semi-perpetual calendar, um, you know, very good, uh, you know, very good price for, for what it actually is. Um, but, uh, look, I mean, I, I think I'll always love watches. Um, you know, uh, I think, uh, you know, what's going on in the, uh, in the Rolex market, you know, you've made videos about this. I mean, I yeah. think it's just, um, you know, it's, it's actually, uh, it's outrageous. I think what's happening. I mean, I, I know why it is happening. Um, you know, I, you know, there's, you know, there's obviously a lot more, uh, demand and supply, you know, social media is, you know, has obviously taking it to that next level. Um, but look, I mean, one of the, the uh, one of the things that I'm, uh, I guess most in my clean is, um, you know, I, I picked up uh, a Patek uh, Nautilus, uh, last year. And to me, that's sort of, uh, you know the, uh, the 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 pinnacle of uh, watch collecting for yeah. uh, you know for sports models, and so you know now that I'm actually that, that I have that in my collection, um, I'm, I'm I'm happy to kind of uh, at least um, sort of you know put it put it to the side, enjoy what I have, and now I have uh, sort of the uh, the cars to uh, to, but to is uh, that focus a, on now. That's <laughs> a vintage Nautilus, right? Is that a vintage Nautilus or a new one? It, it is no no no. That's uh, so that is the uh, thirty eight hundred. Yeah. No, that's a beautiful watch. So that's a beautiful in terms watch. of, uh, in terms of, uh, yeah. So look, in terms of size, I mean, it's not, uh, you know, it's not, it's not, it, it, it's small for modern day watches. I mean, you know, you have the, uh, the, uh, 3,700, which is, um, what's that? Meters. And the one that I have is, uh, 30, it's a 36 millimeter, right? So, mm. you know, something that would be considered small, but, um, look, I'm not, uh, I'm not, uh, too big of a, too big of a guy. And, uh, you know, if it's, if it's my wrist, I mean, I do look at the end of the day, it was just, it's more of, um, you know, of the piece fitting the collection and, uh, you know, what Patek, um, obviously, uh, you know, what, uh, what, what they've done sort of in the, uh, watch manufacturer game. Yeah, no. Um, you know, that's just something that, that, that had to be in there. The Nautilus so. is, the Nautilus is a funny one because, and, and we're just going to talk about watches quickly. And I know there's some of the listeners that are interested in the portion watch, uh, you know, correlation, the watches and stuff like that. But a friend of mine was a, is a big watch collector or was a big watch collector. He's actually sold and he's a doctor in Sydney. Uh, and he sold a lot of his watches. But I remember when he bought a Nautilus in the in the 90s and he said, you know, I got it for such a good price because no one wanted it. No one wanted the Nautilus. And at the time he bought the Aquanaut when it came out, the first Aquanaut, then he bought the Aquanaut on the bracelet. Um, you know, and they weren't, that, they weren't that hard to come by, you know. They really weren't. But that was when Rolexes weren't either. Um, so... But you have a great collection. I mean, you've got to uh, like your collection because you know it's it's like Porsche. It's like collecting cars. It's well rounded. I mean, you've got you've got the Yachtmaster, the Rolex Yachtmaster, which is fantastic. You've got the green sub, um, Hulk, we'll call it. You've got uh, you've got some nice APs. Uh, you've got a really 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 nice collection. Um, I just actually ordered. I put my name down actually just to get not an expensive watch, just the Harrods Tudor edition, Tudor Harrods edition. 
So I put my name down for uh, that in London when I was there. So apparently it's going to take a year, but the guy reckons I'll get one. I had a recommendation from someone else and, and he said, I'll definitely get one. I just have to wait. And that's about it. But for me, Justin, I'm going to buy the, I'm just going to buy an Explorer 2 Blackface because I really like the simplicity of it. And it's not an expensive watch, as you know. Uh, and I can get one here in Bahrain. Uh, I think they might have one on hold for me. They're very bad with communication, but I think they have one on hold for me at the AD here. Um, so I'm going to pick that one up shortly. Yeah, no, I mean, look, uh, I think at the end of the day, you, you obviously, you know, can't go wrong with Rolex. So, um, you know, my, 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 uh, piece of advice really to, uh, to anyone is, you know, for, first you, you just gotta you buy what, uh, you know, what you enjoy and, and, and what you like, right. I mean, now uh, these things are, um, you know, whilst, you know, they are considered luxury items and you don't really want to, you know, lose through depreciation. Um, you also have to, you know, enjoy what, uh, you know, what you're purchasing. Um, yeah. you know, I've taken a look at that, uh, that Herod's, um, you know, piece, uh, a, a few times, uh, sort of in the pre-owned market and i i really like that because it is quite different you know it, it, it's uh it's it's that uh all green piece right so yeah, yeah. um you know i think i think tudor is actually doing uh some some really good things with uh you know they they, they now have their uh their their pepsi or their version of the uh, you yeah. know the pepsi so and, nice um, uh yeah but look i mean that that explorer um that you're yeah that explorer you're talking about i mean that's the you know that's that's a classic uh, you know, classic look, classic design. Yeah. Um, you, you can't go wrong. And at, at the end of the day, um, you know, what, what, what I enjoy about, uh, you know, what, what, or what I've found out really with, uh, you know, just cer certain, uh, watches and now, you know, finding about, um, you know, sort of the, the certain vehicles to look at, um, you know, if you do it, if you do it smart, um, you know, you're really not going to, you know, lose, uh, a whole, a whole lot of money you're going to get to enjoy it um you know it might be a slight depreciation because it's not brand new yeah um and but as long as you can pay for you know whether it's the insurance or the maintenance i mean because even watches i mean you have to you have to maintain yeah. but uh you know you, you you um you have to you have to have the passion for it though it's like cars yeah, no, you were saying you're saying like yeah no you, you definitely need to have the passion for it i mean uh i mean i think uh you know, some people have a passion for both and some people it's one or the other. Um, you know, for, for me, uh, I think I always thought cars were, uh, or it was actually going to be quite expensive to, to get into it. Um, but, you know, I, I think, uh, with the way that I, you know, kind of, um, you know, I'll, I'll I allocate myself a budget for, you know, kind of that, that, that play money. And because I've gotten to my watch collection to, to where I want it to be, um, you know, now I'm just putting it towards, uh, you know, something new really. Yeah. And I think, you know, the most important thing about cars or watches is don't treat them like an investment, even though you, you're probably not going to lose money if you, if you make the right choice, you know, buy something because you really like it, buy something because you enjoy driving it, buy a watch that you enjoy wearing. You know, I don't buy watches that I don't like, you know what I mean? Um, I know everyone says, even with the Explorer 2, get the white face because the white face is more collectible. Personally, I don't like the white face Explorer 2. I don't like the Polar. I like the black one better, so I'll buy the black one. You know, it might not appreciate as much, but I don't care because I'm not... With my watches, I've, I've never sold any of my watches. And I don't have a huge collection, as you know. I have about a dozen watches now. But I haven't sold any of them and I don't intend to. I just, you know, they're just for me. I just like wearing them and, you know, and, and I get enjoyment out of it. So I think that's how you have to be. I think a lot of people now are buying watches thinking... For the social status and because of the, you know, because of they're going to make a lot of money on them if they get them from an AD and then they can flip them a little bit later and double their money. I mean, watches in London, when I was in London a few weeks ago, I, I 
look at the the shops that have reopened, like Watch Club in Mayfair and a few of the other resellers, and Rolex are still selling at crazy prices. You know, my bat, my uh, BLNR, I should say, not my Batman, my BLNR. Um, you know, that's still selling for fifteen, fourteen and a half, fifteen thousand pounds in London, which is insane, absolutely insane. And even Natasha's uh, root beer, you know, that's going for like around about the same price, a little bit more. So it's, it's, it's crazy prices still. It hasn't gone down. COVID hasn't affected it. I tried, to get, I tried to get on the list in London again through the main dealers and I went to everybody from Boucheret to Watches of Switzerland to all the main dealers there. And I still got the same robotic response that, you know, they're sought after, you made a good choice, everything's closed, the list is closed, we can't put you on the list. So, you know, that's why I buy from Bahrain from the AD here. And I pay a little bit more from the AD here because they, they up their prices a bit because of the because they can, I guess. But, you know, at least I can get the watches that I want to buy. Yeah, look, I think, uh, you know, you're right. And, uh, I mean, look, that's, so that's actually what's turned me off a little uh, in regards to sort of the, the watch collecting. I mean, I do, you know, really l- like the Rolex pieces for, you know, what they are and, 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 and what they look like. But I'm not going to pay, you know, two times, three times retail. I mean, it's just, you know, that's, that, that's not for me. And, uh, you know, the way that I actually built up my Rolex – or sorry, not my Rolex, but the way I built up my – entire watch collection excluding the uh the nautilus um i actually paid below retail for every single one of my pieces um you know the, the nautilus i finally um you know paid uh you know whatever the, the going rate is last year and obviously that's a lot more um than what you know what it came out in but i mean uh, you know it's a vintage piece it, yeah. you know it came out in the uh in 83 so yeah. um but again that was you know sort of that 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 final piece that i needed for my collection but for every other piece um you know i paid under retail and i i, I just you know for, for some people you know it might be fine if you want the the latest and greatest and you know yeah you may might make make a little bit of money but um you know that's also a, a big if um and uh you know why i mean that's 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 why i actually don't mind focusing on cars and yeah, you know yeah. especially sort of these modern class like the nine nine six, which is uh, you know sixteen years or you know sixteen to twenty years old, and some of these are cars. I mean, I know. I mean, the same thing is happening in 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 cars with sort of the, the true high end. You know, obviously the, the GT cars, and uh, you know, obviously some of the uh, the Ferrari pieces, and yes. and uh, you know some uh, other cars where you know you have to be on the preferred uh, buying list or preferred client list or whatever you want to call it. But um, you know, if you're not willing to pay uh, over retail, you can still go towards, uh, you know, these older vehicles that, you know, at the end of the day, they're going to have uh, a base value, right? They're, yeah. they're not actually, you know, you're, you're never going to see a 911 for less than, you know, 40 or $50,000, or you're never going to see, um, you know, a Lamborghini, uh, sorry, yeah, a, a Lamborghini for less than, you know, 140 grand, yeah. right? Unless it's, you know, really older. But it's, it's the same. Condition. So, you know, for, 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 if you want to, I think, yeah, go ahead, Mike. It's the same as like people say you can't buy a Ferrari. You know, you've got to be on the list. You've got to be preferred customer, which is a lot of rubbish. Of course you can buy a Ferrari. You just buy it used. You know, they come up all the time. You know, they're available. You know what I mean? It's this, it's this sort of idea that the dealers put out that, you know, it's only like special people can buy. I mean, look how many pistas have hit the market. You know, sure, you've got to pay a little bit more, but the, the price has come down, even for, a, for, you know, for the Ferrari pista or whatever. They're still out there. 
You know what I mean? They're still out there, and especially in the UK, there's there's plenty to buy if you really wanted one. Um, you don't have to be one of these, you know, preferred customers, like they say. Yeah, no, look, I, I agree, and uh, and you know, just for for me personally, looking uh, at the you know the car market and the uh, you know the cars that I'm interested in, I think for you know for if you are into sort of you know, those cars that have came out, um, you know. 2000, 2001, all the way up to 2010, um, you know, we're in sort of the, uh, probably the, the, the best time to buy cars, you know, in, in, from, from, from those years. And I think, you know, those, those cars are, are, are what are going to be sort of the, the true classics, right? Like the, yeah. you know, the modern cars that you get today, I mean, you, you can't even get manuals for, you know, for most cars, uh, there's, you know, too much technology. Um, you know, you, you don't get, uh, what I, what I think is the, the true driving experience. Yep, true. Um, you know, obviously, you know, your Ferrari three sixties are probably a little bit, uh, uh, too expensive to, to to maintain because you still got to pull the engine out. But if you're willing to spend a little bit more and go for a 430, um, you know, then uh, you still get sort of you know those uh, what, a, a true uh, sort of modern Ferrari, right? By yep. by sticking with uh, some of these older cars and not not necessarily going for the uh, for the latest and greatest. Absolutely, absolutely, Justin. I think we'll leave it there. Uh, I think we've actually we've given people uh, I think an, almost an hour and a half today, probably about an hour and twenty. So we've gone a little bit longer than normal, but that's good. Uh, really enjoyed talking to you. Um, it sounds like you bought the right nine nine six. It sounds like you found a good one, and it sounds like you're enjoying it, which is the main thing. So thanks for um, thanks for doing this on a on a Sunday night. Yeah, no, not a problem, Michael. Thank you very much once again for having me on. It was uh, an absolute pleasure. Uh, I do hope, uh, I mean, I know we're having a bit of uh, audio uh, difficulties, so I hope, uh, you know, that gets all sort of uh, sorted out uh, after the, uh, you know, just the, the editing process and that. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, it, you know, that it's uh, hopefully usable and uh, or at least listenable uh, for, for, for everyone that's, uh, yeah, I, that's uh, listening to it out there. I think it should be okay. It's just, I just got to fix up the delay, but I think it should be okay. Okay for everyone. All right. Um, this is uh, Porsche Cooled Owner Stories. Uh, that was Justin from uh, Sydney, Australia, 996.2 Carrera Cabriolet. Uh, it's really, really nice. Uh, Justin does have an Instagram. I don't know whether he wants me to share that. If he does, I'll put it in the link to this podcast. Yeah. You want me to put that link in? Yeah, you could, you could share it. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I could go for by, uh, well, at Justin Stacks uh, for for my Instagram, so just my uh, that's just my alias there. So it's at at Justin Stacks. If you want to, if you're into watches and you want to see Justin's uh, 911, uh, check out his Instagram. He's he's you know the watches are going to make you envious. He's got some really really nice ones if you're into watches. So I warn you beforehand. And the 911 looks <laughs> pretty good as well. Um, thanks, Justin. Uh, great talking to you. Great. Thank you very much, Michael. It's a pleasure. All right. Thank thank you. Um, thanks everyone for listening um, and we'll talk again soon. Bye for now.